Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 188 of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Today we are going to be talking all about chapter 10 of The Mandalorian titled The Passenger directed by Peyton Reed. Uh, But before we do that, Jesse, I have a couple pieces of news very quickly that we're going to touch on. Uh, Number one, the Razor Crest by HasLab, the Hasbro sort of uh, project that they've been working on to try and get people to back it. The uh, essentially the GoFundMe of of uh, of Hasbro for the Razor Crest has been backed. It's officially uh, done over 20,000 people have backed this as of right now this is sunday that we're recording this 20,869 people have backed the razor crest which means we hit the final threshold and the final threshold was totally shattered we were trying to get the 17,000 people to back this and that would get us the uh off-world jawa with the little egg vintage collection figures so we totally smashed all of the thresholds that we were supposed to get and everyone's cards were are going to be charged on monday for this project so definitely a fantastic job everybody who backed it the goal originally was six thousand people and we got over twenty thousand so absolutely amazing with that that's awesome it looks like it's going to be such a cool toy figure whatever you want to call it with all the little extra things that you guys got with baby Yoda and the carbon, the carbonite guys, right? That was part of it. Yep. The carbon slabs. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Another piece of fantastic news is that we talked a little bit about Star Wars Celebration this year and about how that was canceled. And it's really sad for a lot of us. But with COVID, there's only so much you can do to keep that stuff going. Uh, some of the pre-sale merchandise was available for um, order earlier this year. I think it was in August, maybe it was available. Um, now we have the rest of the merchandise that was going to be available at the Star Wars Celebration Anaheim store that's going to be available this week. So at the end of the week on Friday, November 13th at noon Eastern time, that will be early access for people who had celebration tickets this year you'll be able to go on and order a bunch of the new celebration anaheim merchandise and then on november 20th literally a week later anybody 
open to the public will be able to order celebration merchandise so it's going to be at noon eastern time on both days so friday november 13th for early access at noon eastern and then open to the public on november 20th noon eastern uh as well to order some of the merchandise and i don't know if you've looked at this jesse probably not but this stuff looks amazing some of this is really cool I have not, but I feel like this is going to be like in like, you know, 30, 40 years, this is going to be like the rare celebration that never was right. merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have 2020 merch. I know. <laughs> I didn't even go that year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm excited for it. The problem is. You know, with all of the stuff that's coming out, the Razor Crest getting backed and all that, like I said, the cards are charged soon and we're coming up on holiday season. The money that I kind of saved for celebration, we used to go to Galaxy's Edge in September. And so now all of the stuff that, you know, would have been at celebrations, like, oh man, I don't have as much money to kind of splurge on this stuff as I would have. But, you know. Right. Whatever. I'll have a Razor Crest, so it's fine. I'll have a Razor Crest. You gotta get at least like one thing on it that says like Celebration Twenty Twenty just to Yeah. Just to commemorate the year that never was. Right. Definitely <laughs> get a couple things for sure. <laughs> All right, Jesse, let's go ahead and begin our discussion on chapter ten of The Mandalorian, The Passenger. Like I said, this was directed by Peyton Reed, which is the first episode that he has directed of The Mandalorian so far. And I think he did a really great job. Um, what did you think, just initial thoughts on this episode? Chamber of Secrets. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yep. Just total flashback to the Forbidden Forest vibes. Um I was screaming the whole time. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure if you guys are listening to this show, you've probably have seen the episode. But if you haven't, there will be a ton of spoilers related to this uh, episode of The Mandalorian. So turn back now if you don't want to be spoiled. But I thought this was a fantastic continuation of the story that we got in Chapter 9. We see the Mandalorian again beginning his journey on Tatooine, which would make sense since uh, Chapter 9 ended on Tatooine. And we know that he's going to continue his journey to search for more Mandalorians after his original lead. This Mandalorian on Tatooine wasn't actually a Mandalorian and it kind of uh, didn't really work out there for him. So he's kind of starting over from scratch looking for more Mandalorians. And I have to say, Jesse, at the beginning of this episode, we again see Peli. She's at the Mos Eisley Cantina playing a game of Sabacc. And I have to say that seeing her again in season two... I mean, even in the last episode, I was like, oh, wow, cool, Pelly's here. But now she showed up again. And to me, she seems like a staple now. Like, she might be like a regular character that we see. I wonder if she's like the new Kawil, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. I love her. I was so happy to have her back, and she keeps reoccurring. She's just like such a funny... She's just so funny. She's sitting there playing Sabacc, yep. hustling the Mandalorian. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. You finally meet a Mandalorian and you kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She seems she's, great. she's funny. I was a little not sure about her after first seeing her in the first season. But now I really like her a lot. So 
think it'll be cool. And I love that, like, we've now seen her in, like, the infamous Cantina. Mm -hmm. She's just like, I don't know. I just love seeing her in that part of Tatooine because that is just what, that Cantina is what kind of sets you on Tatooine in general. Not to mention the hangar that we first met her in as well. But I don't know. Something about that makes it feel, makes her feel more like she's been there the whole time. You know, if that makes sense. Like she's just been on Tatooine this whole time and we never saw her. She's just becoming more, because I think I agree with you kind of what you said. Like she felt almost a little out of place to me like the first time we met her. And I wasn't sure how I felt about, like, if she fit. I knew I thought she was funny. I knew I loved her. But she didn't feel like she fit quite yet to me. But the more we see her and the more we see her, like, in the cantina and just doing Tatooine stuff, playing Sabacc, like, it's just, I don't know. She just is starting to to fit into the vibe of, of what we know as Star Wars to me now, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. And I love that she got an idiot's array while she was playing <laughs> Sabacc, which is obviously good in the game of Sabacc. And that's actually the title of one of the episodes of Rebels, where we see Zeb playing Sabacc against Lando Calrissian. Um, yes. So I like that they're bringing back, you know, they're tying everything in, which is which is great. So we get to see our Mandalorian again on Tatooine, and, and Peli has this contact that is going to help the Mando find more Mandalorians on this planet of Trask and this contact wants passage to the planet. She's carrying these eggs and she's the the frog lady uh, that yes. we see, which is a very interesting very interesting look. Um, again, it was kind of a, a shock to me to see a character like this. you know we talk about uh, on the Mandalorian we've seen, reoccurring species like the Quarren and the and the Rodians and and uh you know the Deveronians and characters like that and we get a brand new species with this frog person I have not looked at the database or watched this episode with uh the captions on or anything but I don't believe that we have a species or a name yet of this character and I could As be far wrong As far as I can tell no I tried googling it I know it's the StarWars.com doesn't update from individual episodes until Monday, and we're recording this on a Sunday. So I hope they come out with some more information about her in just the episode guide. But on like Wikipedia, they're li her she's literally the frog lady, and <laughs> and that's like her tiny little Wikipedia page or Wikipedia page. And then I even like flipped through. I keep mentioning this a lot on our podcasts, but my Star Wars, the essential alien species guides, I flipped through because it's all, you know, pictures because I had no idea what the species was named if it had a name in order to look it up. But every page and every alien has a picture. So I literally flipped through every page twice to try to figure out if this was like a species that was used or seen even, you know, one time. And as far as I can tell from this really old book that I have that is an out of date book, um, she does not have a name. It's a completely new thing. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you go on the Wikipedia page, she's just Frog Lady. And the only time she's been seen is in this episode. And actually, surprisingly, a second episode in the first season, Chapter 5, The Gunslinger. The first time we see Mando on Tatooine. Um, she's actually in the cantina then. Oh, and wow. I went back to that episode, and it's clear as day. She's there. She makes her little frog lady sounds. And 
the creepy bug thing that Pelly's playing Sabak with is there too. Hmm. So that was fun. And see now, you know, those characters have had major roles in an episode and going back to watch season one, that would be a little treat for you. You know, I mean, when I go back, I mean, we do marathons all the time in my house to go back and watch that scene and be like, oh my God, look, it's the frog lady and the bug guy. So, yeah. Kudos to whoever wrote this Wikipedia page because it would have taken me forever to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed something too, and I could be wrong about this, and maybe we can look it up while we're recording, but as I was watching it tonight, preparing for the show, in the credits, it credits Misty Rosas as being in this episode, and she was actually the person in the costume of Kuil, uh, the short lady, and so I was thinking she probably played Frog Lady. That'd be cool. Having... Like we still have Kuil in some... Yeah. Small way. Obviously, Nick Nolte did the voice of Quill, but I feel like in the costume, it could very well be Frog Lady and Quill being the same actress behind the character. Yeah, wait, what did you say her name is? Misty Rosas. Yes, according to this Wikipedia page, which is, you know, it's not always official Wikipedia, but it does list her as who uh, portrayed her costume-wise, and then the voice performance was Dee Bradley Baker. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Not surprising. <laughs> no. So many voices. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. I love that they're bringing back some of these same same actors, actresses, things like that. Let's talk a little bit more about the story, though. So we see Mando kind of heading towards this planet, and the New Republic identifies the Razor Crest and having it being involved with that incident with the New Republic prison transport ship in the first season and and he doesn't have the right credentials and and all that stuff and so he ends up trying to evade these x-wings one of the x-wings of course piloted by none other than dave filoni which to me jesse i don't know if you felt this way too i was super surprised to see him back in an x-wing again with lines in this in this episode because if you remember from the Disney gallery, he didn't even want to be on screen at all. That was not something he wanted to do. And here he is back again. I just like that. He's no longer a, you know, just like a, a little cameo. He's no longer an Easter egg. He is Trapper Wolf. He, he is, we're getting to like, know him as a character, as a recurring character on the show, even though yeah. he says very little, um, I kind of hope every time we see the New Republic, we see Trapper Wolf. Yeah. (laughs) And I saw something online this morning that the other guy, the guy with the beard that had most of the lines, he's actually a 501st member. Oh, wow. I thought that was pretty cool, too. I'm a 501st member, and I'm not in the show, so I don't know. Yeah. What kind of lottery did that guy win? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's cool that they keep involving the fans in this show. Like, I wonder if, like, he's a 501st member and he, like, well, I guess you would have to be, like, Rebel Legion to have an X-Wing pilot. Yeah, I don't know if he had some acting background or or what, but that's still pretty cool. And I'm proud of him. So to have a, a fellow 501st member 
having a fairly substantial role in right. in an episode. That was pretty cool. And we see our Razor Crest kind of get damaged, and it crashes down on this other planet, and and suffers some pretty major damages that are probably gonna be lasting uh, for a little while. But throughout this whole time, the child, I mean, he don't care at all. He's just eating these these eggs that frog lady's bringing along with her sort of the last of her line until she gets to this trask planet and the child's just like that's like you know <laughs> snacks and chicky nuggies this this little dude is eating all of these eggs like it's no problem <laughs> he's always eating like i, I don't think yeah. i truly realized that until this episode where it was like are you ever not eating like this, <laughs> this kid is always thinking about food it's i just think this like episode made reminded me so much of harry potter and with the spiders and everything and and baby yoda just really reminded me of ron in this episode because ron is also always eating yeah i don't know i just could not think about that this is a child after my own heart. I love the fact that he's hungry all the time, that he's eating all the time, because I'm like that too. And I, I am definitely somebody who suffers uh, from being hangry. I you know, I need that shirt Same. that says, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hangry, because yep. <laughs> like, that is super me. So. I'm right there with you. But yeah, I definitely screamed every time he ate like another egg. I was like, "Oh my god, somebody stop this kid!" Like, I can't. yeah, this is horrible. Frog lady is gonna notice that she has less eggs in that little canister. I know, but it didn't seem like she did. At the very end, I wasn't sure. Like, you know, the child kind of looked back at her, and she like kind of hugs her eggs before she goes to sleep, like, almost like she was, like, hiding them from mm -hmm. the baby, but I don't know. I hope she doesn't notice, because that'd be so sad. Yeah. At least they're not, like, fertilized eggs. Like, they were literally just, like, eggs. Yeah. There's no babies in there yet. Yeah. So, at least, there's that. <laughs> I was very confused at the beginning of this episode when they kind of had that, you know how like at the beginning of every episode they show you what happened on a previous episode and they actually went back to season one and showed Zero, the, uh, you know, the droid that they used on the team. It was in episode six, The Prisoner, where we get to see Zero, that droid, and I was a little confused as to why they were showing Zero show up on that little like recap at the beginning, and um, we finally get to see Zero make another appearance briefly. He acts as a translator, so Frog Lady sort of is trying to figure out a way to communicate with Mando, because they don't speak the same language, so... She essentially figures out a way to speak through Zero, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Not only that she, number one, was able to communicate with Mando that way, but also that Mando, with his distaste for droids, kept all the parts of Zero on his ship. Right. I was surprised about that, too. And it's like, and, and he got so upset, too, when it was resurrected. He's like, that thing is a murderer. It's yeah. like, okay, well, why is it here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing with it? Yep. 
So even though he seems to come around a little bit more with droids, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he kept that there. So I don't know. Maybe that'll come into play down the line at a future episode or or who knows. But I thought that was pretty interesting for sure. Now the rest of the episode, uh, we are on this snowy world. And uh, we talked a little bit about the spiders, uh, Jesse, and how it reminded us of Harry Potter and, and Aragog. And Aragog, right? That's the name of the big spider? Yeah. <laughs> um, and all these spiders kind of chasing our main characters. But one thing that I wanted to say is that when we got Star Wars Rebels and we got the spiders on Adelon, I was like, whoa, those are huge spiders. They kind of remind me of a concept that I remember seeing that Ralph McQuarrie had done as a concept piece for, I believe it was Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if it was supposed to be Bespin or what i think it was bespin um but he had this big spider that was like shooting webbing out of its face and it had there's like a bunch of eggs around it on the bottom and i was like whoa then we get the big spiders and rebels i was like they must have taken ralph mccrory's design and his concept and kind of modified it a little bit to create these big spiders on adelon because, you know, in Rebels, they take a lot of inspiration from Ralph McQuarrie to put in their show. But this, this is it. This, Jesse, right. is Ralph McQuarrie's knobby white spider concept with shooting webbing out of its mouth. I mean, it's almost identical to the way that it looks. There is even a Star Wars miniature in the game that I've been playing for a decade, if not longer. Longer than a decade, yeah. I was in high school when I first started playing this game. There's a knobby white spider that you can use as a physical tabletop piece that is almost identical to what we see in the film. So these have been around for a while. It's been a concept for a while. And what we get in Rebels is called a Krikna or Krikna or Krikna. Um, I've so, called it a Krikna. <laughs> yeah i don't know so, if that's right i don't i don't know the correct pronunciation but they are not the same species so this is legit a, a nod to ralph mccrory and i think that i think that's amazing yeah that ralph mccrory concept art is on the the krikna wikipedia page as like the concept just like you were saying but like yeah looking at it it's even that concept art has all the eggs kind of all around too mm -hmm. Like it's just that is yeah it's it's no longer just a concept like that they made it they they like that's that's what it is to a t yeah. terrifyingly huge but at first when I thought it was a krikna I because I was like that was just the first thing that came to my head obviously because they do look very similar and I do agree I do think it's a completely different species even if they're similar or, or closely related or something but um because they look different enough they don't have like those big pinchers on its front face um, but like its eyes and, and the way it's set up and the way its legs are segmented looks very similar to me so i was like yelling at the tv initially i was like everybody just stay calm don't be a threat <laughs> they're just like <laughs> they're just like lighting it on fire and running all around i was like i wonder if we would have just like stayed chill if we could have just walked out of here like ezra and kanan <laughs> yeah well i i also want to show you guys too and i can we can post this on our page of the star wars miniature piece of it because it it's been around for a while and i know somebody was saying 
it was almost like they felt like that Lucasfilm had either made a mistake or had been teasing this episode for a long time <laughs> because at the creature stall at Galaxy's Edge, they have spiders that you can buy. And people were like, oh, yeah, these have been at, at the creature stall at Galaxy's Edge since opening day. And a lot of the fans on there, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that if you were one of these people that you were, you know, wrong or whatever, but like some fans were like, oh, wow, Lucasfilm had been hinting at this since the beginning. And then other people were like, no, that's because they were, you know, those spiders were in Rebels. Like the, you, you know, Rebels had the spiders first. So that's what the design is from. But this Star Wars miniature piece that I have, and like I said, I'll post a picture of it, is identical to this Macquarie concept. So I'm very excited about that. And now next time I play minis, I'll probably use that spider. I hate spiders and I hate, (laughs) I just can't. It was so gross. I, I was just screaming the whole episode. As soon as he was like, poking the egg with his little fingers i was like that's a spider yeah i was watching with my sister and she was like how and i was like i don't know what is a spider (laughs) (laughs) i don't want it (laughs) yeah this is something that i like about this too now (laughs) creatures in star wars have been a massive part i mean we got the dianoga in episode four that almost killed luke we got the Wampa, we got the Rancor, we see in um, episode one all of those big fish, right? The the OPC killer and the Sando Aqua Monster, the Colo Clawfish, all in the Naboo core that we see chasing the Gungan sub. And then when we get to, a lot of times in the most recent Star Wars films, the Borgullet, I mean, it was in there for a little bit. The Vexus in The Rise of Skywalker was in there for a little bit the big creature in the maw and solo but you know there hasn't been these like major chase scenes or or whatever creature based episodes in star wars for a while and the last two episodes here we are in season two of the mandalorian we had the giant crate dragon and now the knobby white spiders which have been historical in star wars lore so i really like what they're what they're doing with the creatures in in the mandalorian that's so cool. I didn't think about that. I wonder if this is kind of, I wonder if they'll kind of keep on theme with that. Like, I'm sure not every episode will have some giant creature, but I wonder if this will just be, because I don't know. I feel like Dave Filoni is so known for kind of being great at tying all these things in. And it's it's just really cool to me, especially to see things that we've never seen in live action before. Mm -hmm. Like these spiders that I know they're not the exact same thing, but they're extremely similar um, to what we saw in Rebels. So it's just, it's really cool that things that are coming from cartoons and only ever have been seen in animation are just, just, I mean, I don't like them because they're spiders, but it's really <laughs> cool to see them in live action, even though they're so beyond creepy nightmare fuel. A lot of teeth on the on these on these spiders yeah. for sure. It's yuck. So, and when the child had one on his head and he was trying to get it off, I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be bad!" And then I just realized that that's probably going to be another Funko Pop. Cause... Oh my god, you're right. You're so right. <laughs> There's already like 15 versions of the child in Funko Pop form, so throw I a spider think... on his head and then it's another one. 
him holding an egg or eating an egg is probably another one. Well, yeah, there's one that was released, I think, last week, or it recently came out of the child with the canister of eggs, so. Oh, I didn't see that. That's funny. Yep. It should be like a chase version where he's eating it. Yeah, yeah. Like just drinking the whole canister. <laughs> yep. Well, at the end of this episode, Jesse, after they uh, essentially get saved by the New Republic, the same characters that were trying to shoot down the Razorcrest earlier in the episode, they realize after they did some research that uh, the Mando actually had apprehended three wanted people and had supported Davin, Lieutenant Davin, of this New Republic prison ship. Um, and so they end up saving him from these spiders and, and kind of allowing him to continue on. And at the end of the episode, we see Mando and the Razorcrest kind of drifting through space, heading toward this planet Trask. The ship is still extremely damaged, and they're essentially quarantined in the cockpit on their journey to Trask. And they obviously cannot go through light speed, no hyperdrive for a few reasons. Where do we go from here? What do you think is going to happen next? I think, well, number one, I just want to say that I think it's really cool that even though the New Republic showed up and they kind of saved the day at the end, they didn't become, they, they're no, they're not the focus. They're not the heroes of the story. Because mm -hmm. in the end, even, like, they're kind of like, he's like, hey, can I get some help? And they're like, how about we just don't get you in trouble next time we see you? Yeah. Like, you know, like, they're, they're still more reasonable than the Empire, so they're not not gonna you know be that guy that just shoots you out of the sky or, or doesn't cut you a break when they know you're a good guy but they're still not the heroes of this story so i like that they didn't stick around and help mando um so i thought that that was like a a good twist it's cool to see them around it's cool that they're like to kind of see where what's going on with the new republic and the galaxy at this time but i like that they didn't they didn't become the heroes of the story but as far as where it goes from here, I just, and in this episode, I have to say, even though it was a really fun episode, I, I feel like when you gave me Boba Fett in episode one, I'm like, okay, who's next? Sabine? Like, yeah. I like what? Like, who's the next Mando I'm going to see? Now I'm just like expecting a new Mandalorian every episode. Um, and that's okay that we didn't get one in this one. I thought this one was still really fun and exciting. But... I just, I feel like this episode was meant to kind of show us where the New Republic is to kind of give us, I think, some con some 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 connections to different parts of the world and connecting some of the animation into, into live action. But I, I just think that this, that, I mean, our whole purpose is going to go get another lead on another Mandalorian. So all I can think of is that the next episode... Is I, I feel like we're, we're going to get a few more Mandalorians in this episode. We, we need some Mandalorians and some people connected to the Jedi. That's what we've been led to believe through the trailers that this whole season is about. So I'm just kind of waiting for who our next So you think in, the, ne in like <laughs> the next episode, Chapter 11, you think you're expecting another another big name to show up? I don't know if it necessarily has to be like a Sabine or, or even a Bo-Katan, but like somebody that is connected to them that like mentions them in some way. Somebody of that caliber gets 
a name drop of something because it just makes sense that if we are going to tie those characters in and I know those names have been getting thrown around a lot um, when people have been talking about this season um, it just feel like it being Dave Filoni too that he would want to I don't think Sabine Wren needs to like walk on on set I, I, I mean I would love that but I don't think that needs to happen but it wouldn't not make sense. So I feel like it could happen. <laughs> I just feel like it's a good way. I feel like this this whole... Sorry, I'm really stumbling over my words because I'm really tired because it's late at night when we're recording. But <laughs> I, I feel like... I feel like The Mandalorian has been a really great way to bring a lot of, of people into Star Wars, um, especially into televised Star Wars and now it's live action so I feel like it's just a, a really great opportunity to bring all these characters that so many people love from animation um, but not everyone wants to watch animation and that's fine there's just a lot of people out there that just don't have an interest in watching it I just think that the, the time period and the fact that we're so focused on Mandalorians just presents such a fantastic opportunity to tie those stories in and we know that that's something that Dave Filoni specializes in is pulling things from all different areas of Star Wars and making everything tie together flawlessly to just continue on this fantastic story so I just wouldn't be surprised it just wouldn't make sense if that if that is how we got those people like if they're ever going to be in live action it makes sense for that to be here and now when we're on the hunt for Mandalorians yeah to me, I feel like they will bring in some of these characters that you had talked about. I just feel like they will not be in episode three uh, or yeah. episode chapter 11. I, I feel like if they're going to bring characters in like that, now granted we got Boba Fett in the first episode, but again, you got to hook people and bringing in Boba Fett, even if he doesn't say anything, he just stands there and turns around and walks <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, so... <laughs> With the remainder of the season, I, I do think we'll get some of these characters, but I think they want to continue the story of the Mando and the child. And so what I think is going to happen next is they're going to get to this planet and they're going to hitch a ride on a boat, kind of like what we saw in the trailer, and take a journey towards wherever, you know, more Mandos are supposed to be. And again, maybe at the end we'll we'll get another another person uh, similar to the Boba Fett effect that we got in the first episode um, and kind of just end it there and then maybe with episode or chapter 12 we'll get we'll get kind of more into that but I don't know no it makes sense for the next planet to be the boat planet especially because we've got frog lady that just seems like a good place for her to yeah you know <laughs> her her only inhabitable place for it to be a, a, a water planet like that. And then that that shipping yard, that like boat yard too, is kind of the same, at least image in my head of when we saw that hooded woman mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. was when we were talking about like finding the Jedi. Um, in the Sasha trailer. Banks. Yes. So I wonder if you know maybe now we're switching into maybe we're looking for a Mandalorian, but we stumble into these. Jedi, I don't know what exactly we're looking for at this point because there's not many of those out there. Maybe they're kind of the um, Chirrut Imwe mm -hmm. of Jedi right now. But but maybe, yeah, maybe we stumble into some Force Believers. Yeah. 
a ton of speculation is going to be had and there's a lot of directions that this show could go and so the only thing to do is to to kind of sit back and wait and see what what else is going to happen i think so far for season two they've started strong they've they've gone into the archives and pulled out some some old concepts and creatures that i feel like a lot of fans have been anxious to see and um you know they're definitely doing a good job of of bringing old things back and making them new again which is always nostalgic and and uh it's a great time so uh as we continue on we'll be doing more episodes every week and jesse we're going to be covering the chapter 11 next week on our show but in addition to chapter 11 we're going to be doing something that i'm pretty excited about it it will be a fun show we are going to be doing the a review or kind of a discussion on the original holiday special and you've not seen this jesse i've only seen it maybe maybe twice in my life all the way through i i have to say that it's it's hard to watch (laughs) um it's not the greatest thing that exists but i think if you're a star wars fan definitely check it out and um you looked it up it is on youtube right it is i was like no i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna be able to find it and then it was like 30 seconds and i found it on youtube i'm honestly really excited to watch it it's something that i've always wanted to watch and every time i like talk to anybody about it they're always like eh, maybe just don't bother watching it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i just i love corny stuff like that especially when it's centered around holiday things i think holiday you know content of for anything in general gets a pass when it comes to to corniness so i'm sure i'm sure it i'll survive yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know what Life Day is truly about. Right. The true meaning of Life Day. And they <laughs> mentioned Life Day in the first episode ever of The Mandalorian. Um, oh, yeah. And so Life Day is actually November 17th, which is when our next episode will air. However, there is a Lego holiday special thing that we're going to be talking about, which comes out on the 17th. But. On the 17th exactly is when we'll be talking, we'll be posting our episode reviewing the original holiday special. And then the following week, we'll have a discussion on the Lego holiday special, uh, which to my knowledge doesn't have anything to do with the original holiday special. But if you'd like to join us, uh, just a quick summary on what the holiday special is, if you're not aware of it. It's uh, something that came out with the original actors on TV. So Harrison Ford's in it, Mark Hamill's in it, Carrie Fisher's in it. And it's all about Han Solo trying to get Chewbacca back to Kashyyyk to be with his family on Wookiee Life Day, which is kind of like the Wookiee Christmas. So I definitely would check it out if you guys are willing to um, sit through it. <laughs> um, it's also accompanied by a animated series, which has the first appearance of Boba Fett, which a lot of inspiration from The Mandalorian was actually taken from that, including his weapon, the one that disintegrates people. That's also the first appearance of Boba Fett that was that was in there. 
Um, so a ton of great stuff. We would love to have you guys watch that with us and uh, participate in commenting and in, in, in a discussion. So we'll be doing that next time. Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube all under the same handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. And if you're looking to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app in the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to episode 188, where we talked all about chapter 10 of The Mandalorian, The Passenger. And we'll be back again next time discussing the holiday special and chapter 11 of The Mandalorian. Thanks so much, and as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Point on how to win. This time you are not a